0: A good Friday morning to you, Real Talkers. Ryan Jesperson here with you alongside the intrepid. Intrepid? I get intrepid? Technical producer of the oh. show, Samuel G. Brooks. I wasn't going to go in. Try, I don't I don't try to overthink anything. Uh, I, I should rephrase that. I try not to overthink anything when it comes to hosting. And that would include whether or not you know you and I will banter off the top of the show. We don't plan these types of things. No. The other day, a couple people wrote in and said we don't know what was different. Um, They said, but when the two of us went and did like about about an eighteen minute opener before opening the show, some folks said they liked that. They said that was a little bit different. I thought that was a lot of fun. Actually, we didn't plan it. Nope, it just happened. Yep. So I've been. So I decided to assign Intrepid to you on a whim. I had this. uh, appreciate it. It's a nice label. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and and it fits from time to time. (laughs) Let's not get too big for our britches here. (laughs) All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I had this uh, phys ed teacher back in the day. Mr. Miller was his name, and he would everything with WH was. He'd say, get your whites. Where have you been and what have you been doing? (laughs) Uh, But I noticed as I looked over today, so I'm kind of in my zone and I'm getting ready to go. And we got a trash talk. Um, Jerry, if you're watching right now, Jerry. Your burger is ready? No, but Jerry uh we got Jerry's uh trash talk submission like 4 minutes ago. I don't even and know was, if I've read this one yet. No, to, it, it came yeah. directly to oh, yeah. me. And I'm excited you have not heard it because it's but I think it's based I like the on,
1: surprise trash talk. I think
0: yeah, I think it's based on something that maybe happened to Jerry this morning. Oh, okay. Like I mean or maybe he just looked at the calendar, maybe he looked at his phone, maybe he just realized, "Oh, it's Friday and I've been sitting on this trash talk." To pass along to Jespo and Sam, so he, he got it in, Jerry, you will be in you made it in. You made the cut. And he actually he bumped somebody else. It just, it's
1: a testament to how much planning we do for this show that somebody four minutes to air can make the cut.
0: Well, no, but that's my point, yeah, <laughs> is that it's that good. It's that good, hey? All right as a matter of fact, if a trash talk, if we received a trash talk that was so good on a Friday during the show we might even be able to fit it in you just run over to the printer and rip it off yeah. right in the middle of it yeah yeah or we could do apparently there are some people um, there are apparently some people that are able to actually read things off digital tablets i i don't believe that no i know i did you can't i find read it things off of screens got to be in print i find it hard to believe yeah that people don't print everything off like we do but you know we're kind of a mix of old school and new school yeah okay works here i like you it you know we come but, to you exclusively digitally, live on the World Wide Web, live on YouTube every single morning. We stream our audio live on Mixler. We bring you our podcast. Uh, we're sponsored by by solar companies and Bitcoin companies, and we're, we're all about the future, but we also print off everything we read. Well, one thing I was going to say is, like, I, I,
1: I'm just looking out for our partners here. Um, I recommend you don't read Trash Talks after the tablet Because I'm pretty sure Westworld doesn't have A doesn't stack of iPads for you to chuck across the room That's yeah.
0: true But it would be like It would be one of those moments Where I'm sure that You know the, the big rock and roll stars Had deals with their <laughs> guitar manufacturers Where they were like I know that my guitar is worth whatever gu- I don't even know what a guitar costs It was like a thousand bucks Something like Pins, that but yeah, For a like a one good one, one there, yeah, For a good one So they're probably like Listen w- we recognize the guitar is about a G, but the value of smashing a guitar in front of ten thousand people, it, it I mean the you know, the, the return on investment, so to speak, yeah, I could see that is considerable. So we could see if the team at Westworld would want to get on board and be cool with us smashing iPads and things like that. Maybe if a trash truck was so big, so good, and I and 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 you cut to camera four, for example, so everybody could see it, and then like as I was reading this trash. Hash talk and as I was reading this message, I would be like, you know, I could I'd be taking on the table and sort of be like like are you? Listening like that, and, you know, and then and then kind of send it flying toward the door and that might it would send a clear message
1: Related but unrelated you heard of that guitar maker that makes guitars out of old buildings in New York Say it again. So there's a dude in New York and whenever a building is like decommissioned okay. particularly buildings that have like I don't want to say historic significance because they they try not to knock down significant buildings, but certainly older buildings. He'll try and scrap the wood out of the building, and he has a guitar shop that's all made from old buildings in new york wow he takes the wood and he repurposed them into unique one-of-a-kind guitars
0: very cool very cool yeah we were getting some notes on here people are were out to lunch on on the cost of guitars they're, they're more than that they're more than a grand that makes sense i mean i would imagine I, you talk to anybody that's you talk to somebody that's in like a symphony orchestra of like a legitimate uh i don't mean a, i was about to say a legitimate city what a dismissive and terrible thing to say shame on you Jesperson. <laughs> every city is your little city is legitimate and don't let you know you don't let anybody tell you otherwise what i'm saying is like cities of a million or more yeah. uh you talk to those folks and you'll find that some of these i mean you know the the big grand pianos that they'll bring on stage oh my god or the big the cellos the violas like these ones you can have a quarter million you can you can Absolutely. have like a half you can, you can have yeah. a million dollar you know
1: violin a buddy of mine, who's a composer, was uh, doing an internship in uh, in in L.A. like doing like Hollywood music composition under you know a, a like a master composer, and he told me the story. about one time, he's like, they brought in a cello for this recording session, and he said, "This cello is older than the invention of the piano." Whoa! Like he's like this actual that, cello? that actual cello that they played for this session because it resonated a certain way and they were very attached to the sound he said this cello was made before the piano was invented wow
0: that's uh try to wrap your mind around that no eh? kidding Uh, shout out to everybody like jeremy l who's on the live chat he's joining us this morning from pender island bc what a wonderful wonderful uh part of the of, of the island gosh i miss being out on the west coast jeremy thanks for tuning in greatly appreciate it We've got some some uh, real talkers announcing that they've been able to book their vaccines, which is awesome. We'll have some uh, an update coming up in about twenty minutes just on on what Alberta's saying what Canada's saying some interesting polling on the federal government people are people are starting to hey, be Can more cool something? your life your mic's live oh, that's okay that's you know what we all get what I kind of like when your mic is live and you're talking to a guest is we get to hear the the tone of voice you use, which is t- you're like, hey, good morning." <laughs> Well, the thing is, I try to
1: talk you try softly to into the mic so that it doesn't resonate throughout exactly. the room. Exactly. Yeah.
0: This is all what goes into being, you being so intrepid.
1: And it's and it's one of those things, it's like, I try so hard to remember to do it every time because there's I have a submix on here where I can talk directly to the guest and you don't hear him in the live, but it's like, three buttons that i have to press to Sam, get there so yeah.
0: everybody knows that you're doing a million things at once <laughs> and everybody's cool with it
1: you know what I'll, I'll do this live uh can our guest hear us give me a <laughs> thumbs up
0: <laughs> she's giving him the thumbs up yeah we're gonna be ta- we're gonna be talking about uh, COVID 19 in just a second and then we have a uh a round ta- i don't even know what to say about a round table it's gonna be absolutely fantastic it's gonna be so very cool uh three is it's like women on the move uh they've they've held elected office Uh, I've got a federal MP, high profile, uh, a city councillor, high profile, and an Edmonton Public School Board trustee, also very high profile. They're all I have either left office or are leaving office and uh, are are, are coming out of there with some serious motivation. We're going to find out what it is. Very much looking forward to that roundtable. That's coming up in like 20, 25 minutes. Um, And also Walter Gretzky passing away. And so t- we will honor him on the show today. He is he is Canada's hockey dad. I mean, you're gonna you're you're seeing tributes and uh, condolences, uh, outpouring of 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 love and and grief and celebration um, to a guy that obviously raised, uh, in my opinion, and I think in the, the opinion of most people, the greatest hockey player of all time. But one of the really cool things about Walter Gretzky is you'll hear people say, and you've probably heard it already. Whenever people would say things to him like, you must be so proud of your son, Wayne, he would say, I'm so proud of all my kids, five Gretzky kids and uh, Walter Gretzky passing away um, after an extended battle with Parkinson's. But he's one of those guys. He was just. How do you describe Walter Gretzky? Humility, grace, dignity? Um, I I think that's probably it. You, you, You always I mean, every every time you'd see Walter Gretzky, you'd kind of feel a bit of a connection to him, wouldn't you? So it's uh, a huge loss for for the hockey community and, and for Canadians and for hockey fans around the world for hockey parents. I think you can relate, um, you know, whether you're hey, a swimming parent, a figure skating parent, a parent that takes your kid to piano lessons. You get it and you understand um, what goes into being the parent of somebody who's, who's aiming to achieve something great or the parent of somebody that's willing to drop everything and invest in their child and. So many people, for obvious reasons, look to the Gretzky family as kind of a model, as kind of a model to see how to do it. And you'd always think, I mean, obviously, when when your son has more assists than anybody else has points and, um, you know, is, is uh, you know, the, you know, has his league, you know, a league wide retirement, his number retired league wide. I mean, that's just unprecedented, obviously at a different level. But everybody started somewhere. So what were those uh, pieces that the Gretzky's put into place? I know that was oftentimes what people were interested in hearing anytime Walter Gretzky would do an interview. I just think of his every think of how excited he would. You're probably hearing his voice in your mind as I'm hearing it in mine uh, when I'm talking about him. he would just be so excited and so graceful and our thoughts and condolences and much love to the Gretzky family. This show is presented, as you know, each and every morning by our title sponsor at Bitcoin. Well, and here's the thing. Adam O'Brien, the founder and CEO, is doing something a little bit different this weekend, and he wants you to participate. That's right. He's doing a Bitcoin Q&A tomorrow. That's Saturday. And he'd love if you'd come check it out. He says, I want as many questions as possible, especially the tough questions. So if you've got some tough questions about, bit, you think you've found something, you've been reading something, you watched a video and you're like, there's no way he's going to be able to find an adequate answer to this one. He wants to hear it. He wants you to put it to him. He's going to take questions on Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. He'll touch on these NFTs, which we talked about earlier this week. Remember that? The 10 second video that sold for six and a half million bucks. You can ask your questions on Twitter. Use the hashtag AskAdamObrien. You can follow him at AdamObrien underscore. His live stream gets going at 4 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Eastern, March 6th. That's Saturday on the Adam O'Brien YouTube channel.
2: Real talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
0: Well, pretty encouraging announcement as far as I'm concerned yesterday by Alberta's provincial government chief medical officer of Health Alberta expanding its COVID-19 vaccine rollout to include people under the age of 75. That starts March 15th, about 10 days from now. And if the shipments arrive as scheduled, bit of an asterisk there, but all adults in the province will receive their first dose says Health Minister Tyler Shandro, by the end of June. Now, we've been following a number of, of different voices on this, authorities on this, scientists, people studying the evidence over the past year, uh, and I'm excited to welcome one of them to the program uh, today, uh, Dr. Gashiach Asparovic, uh, a developmental biologist and a researcher at the University of Calgary. Kind enough to make time for us. Welcome to Real Talk, and, and good morning to you.
3: Good morning. Thank you very much for inviting me
0: today. Well, you have you have taken just a fascinating approach uh, to this, and I've been following you for a good number of months, and so it's a real pleasure to connect. We're going to get into some of the graphs that you've been putting out and some of the data that you've been helping us civilians make sense of for a good number of months. That in just a moment, and I recommend that people follow you on Twitter because that's a great source of this information. Uh, but yesterday, an announcement that, that most Albertans, the government believes, should be vaccinated, essentially before the summer um a few factors dependent on that um we take a look at where the trends are going and that's a big part of what you've been studying so why don't we get your lay of the land first how would you evaluate how Alberta's is doing up to the minute right now
3: so um our cases stopped declining that's that's one thing of the old variant and the new variant seems to be growing uh maybe doubling every 12 days but it's difficult to say because it's not dated but the like how the data are released they are not dated but they by the swap test but whenever they are released but from the graph at least how they are released it looked like 12 days and also from if you would assume that they are faster that that the variant is 44 percent more transmissible which is uh, what was observed in other jurisdictions, then then it would double 12 days now. Um,
0: the, these new variants are obviously, I would say, uh, well maybe not the story to follow, but one of the most important stories to follow. Would you agree?
3: Yes, yes, definitely, because they are game changers. If they, I think they are out of control. Just on, they are in low numbers now. But once they become dominant, they really uh, the overall cases double really fast. And that's what happened in UK, and that's what can be observed now in in Austria as well. So we have not only models, we have real life experiments with those variants. And in Austria, the old variants are sort of flat, like they don't decline, they don't grow, but the new variant goes up now. And have you, overall,
0: case you've been uh, you're obviously paying attention to, to jurisdictions around the world. Um, is there a, a province or a state or, or a country or a region that's approaching um, the challenge of these new variants in an inspe- in an especially intuitive fashion? Is somebody getting it right in your estimation?
3: It looks that Denmark is doing OK because they, as soon as they had the new variants coming, they knew, they, they sequenced almost everything and, or 50% or 70 something, but c- quite quite a lot of cases. And they monitor the variants uh, from the start, uh, and they've seen that they are doubling very quickly. They they have lockdown now and all the cases are going down variant not as fast as the regular regular old variants but they have it's sort of under control but with a with a lockdown with strong measures
0: we're uh, seeing right now dr supriya sharma from uh the chief medical advisor with health canada is talking to reporters health canada has just approved the johnson and johnson vaccine which will be another tool in the toolbox how significant is that Uh, doctor there's there's been some I think question and and as as lay persons people have been uh, paying attention to try to determine which vaccine they want to try to get and which one they think is going to be more effective and I mean these are typically decisions that people aren't used to having to make health officials have done everything they can to assure people that you should get whatever vaccine you can for for most uh, for the most part Um, how would you evaluate uh, vaccine you know procurement and distribution in Canada right now
3: I think it's 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 done okay. Like we are not, um, maybe we are not the leader in the world in the amount of vaccines we are distributing, but we're definitely not the worst ones. So it's going as it's going, and um, and I'm really happy to hear that by end by end of June we will be able to vaccinate everybody eligible for vaccinations. I I think that's that's like a year ago I wouldn't think that it will be that fast. Okay. So that's
0: really amazing. Yeah, this is uh, the, the the Johnson and Johnson vaccine for people that are that are listening to the podcast or watching this live. It differs from others approved the other vaccines that are approved so far and that it, it delivers a high level of protection from developing COVID-19 symptoms with a single dose as opposed to the two different doses, which we've been hearing about through the course of this week, government's trying to determine the best way to roll that out. Uh, Do you extend the time between the two doses uh, Mm. to get as many people with their first shot? Or do you stick to the, you know, stick to the course and, and get people their second dose as soon as possible? Do you have an opinion on that, doctor?
3: Actually, I don't. I would need to, I would need to read more about it. But on the one hand, from mathematical point of view, the earlier the more people are vac- so if if the vaccine would be like 60 if the first dose would give us like 60% or 70% um effectiveness against transmission so the more people are vaccinated with this first dose the better the, the faster we can reduce the uh, reduce the numbers so if that's the goal then then i think it's it, it's good
0: you've been 20, um yeah, sorry. But I didn't do
3: the exact math on it yet. So,
0: yeah, no, that and that's completely fine. My, my apologies for interrupting you there. Uh, you you've uh, teed up three reopening scenarios, and you've put these graphs on your Twitter so people can look at them themselves. If they're listening to the podcast, uh, they can check these out on your Twitter profile. Um, you know, as we speak or as they're hearing this, um, let's take a look at this. So, th- so this is this is your modeling uh, phase one reopening currently. Um, these numbers sort of go from, you know, the end of November, the beginning of December of 2020 into where you're forecasting into May. And there's and there's a big spike up. Now, you've been a huge advocate of COVID zero. And this is, I think, what most people have come to know you of people that have been following you. So can you help us understand that graph? We'll put that back up on the screen and take us through it.
3: So if we will continue on the R value uh, and doubling rate that we have a couple of days ago, now it's smaller. So maybe it would be a little bit less steep, this curve. But once you reopen, then cases uh, start to grow. And if they grow at this speed, then then, then we will have 1,000 cases daily cases around April, um, end of April or May. And that's a little bit similar to what we've seen in summer. Uh, it was less steep then. But in summer, as soon as we reopened, the cases started to grow, and they've been doubling every 60 days so it was a slow grow but it was a grow growth
0: yeah let's take a look at the next one um and 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 i need to ask you sort of about the bigger picture here but i think it's important to take a look at these numbers this is dramatic uh this one here phase one reopening current plus a variant and this this is just an exponential rise um this is the type of thing that's going to get people concerned can you talk us through this one
3: Yes, so if the variant will take over, uh, if it will get out of a control, out of control, and assuming that it's forty-four percent more transmissible, so R value will be forty-four percent higher than for the um, for the classic variant, then it's it's how it could look like. It's pretty bad case scenario. It might happen a little bit later. It can be a little less steep the curve, but. But if variant takes over, we will definitely have have a surge.
0: Okay, and then let's take a look at the third one. I look at wanted to look at all three. This is what you're obviously advocating for. Uh, this is the one where the you know I mean to describe it to people that are listening right now. You know, you take a look back from the end of November to now, and it's basically just a steady drop down. It looks like a it looks like a mountain. It looks like a, you're you're coming down a ski hill here, and eventually you wind up at the lodge, which is COVID zero. Uh, you paint that picture by essentially. April, what would it take for this modeling to reflect reality? What would we have to do as a society?
3: So we would have to mimic what what Australia did, what New Zealand did, what Atlantic Canada did uh, to basically control the travel, have the everybody who is coming from outside the province or from abroad to be quarantined and it it should be supervised quarantine and and mandatory. So we don't have leaks out of it. Uh, Also a lot of testing there. So basically to avoid any new implement, implementing, importing any new cases. Um, So that's the protection sort of generating the bubble around us and inside the bubble, get the cases down as fast as possible. So basically make a like, find strongly financially supported lockdown for six seven weeks with really good financial support for individuals and for businesses so they don't bankrupt during this time and so everything that is not essential should be closed like to limit uh, to limit interaction between people and limit as much as possible opportunities for the virus to spread from jump from person to person
0: doctor how much does so- does you know What what I want to call it like lock I mean I I don't necessarily think we're in a Lockdown it depends on who you talk to it depends on how they've been impacted People have different feelings on it or, or different impressions or definitions Um But a certain covid fatigue seems to be setting in. And we've talked to a lot of experts that are concerned that people are going to be taking this less and less and less seriously because the vaccines are coming out and because, frankly, they're sick and tired of it. They miss their friends. They miss their family. They miss being able to do what they want to do. You painting a picture of what getting to covid zero would look like sounds like something that people might have been on board with a year ago. I don't know if people would be on board with it now. What do you think?
3: Uh, I think actually the opposite. Like mm. The more people I talk with, they say, like, okay, let's get over it. If it's just six weeks, I'm on it. I can do it. I just don't want it to drag forever. It's already dragging. It's a purgatory that it's dragging for one year. And many people, like I have friends who are immuno, immunodeficient or their children are immunodeficient or they have elderly people in the family. So since one year, they cannot meet with friends they cannot make parties they cannot make anything like that so they have already one year of living in a lockdown and there's quite a lot of people like that so for in this actually i think that the take for covid zero might be better now than a year ago because a year ago two weeks of lockdown seemed like oh my god i cannot stand it but now after a year of dragging this demi-lockdown and yo-yo of restrictions less restrictions more restrictions uh i think that six weeks and then have relative normalcy back is something quite appealing to people
0: yeah i mean i just i hope you're right uh sam can you put my screen up so we can take a look at this these are these are the alberta covid numbers right now 245 in hospital like sam you and i were saying we remember when when the hospitalization or when that was the icu number Yeah ICU numbers were higher Doctor you'll remember the same 47 in ICU now which is I mean except for the 47 people That are in there and their families That's that's actually pretty good Um, 4,600 active cases I remember that when that was way higher Now I know that you're modeling I mean the whole point of you being here And these these wake-up calls You're trying to give us um, Which have been excellent and informative Obviously the point here is that These could go way back up And all of a sudden we could be back at you know, a thousand in hospital and 400 in ice and that type of a thing. Right. So there's, there's kind of these two dueling narratives, aren't there? There's the one of these new variants and the threat that they're going to spread. And then the other is the vaccinations.
3: Okay. So first of all, the the case, the indicators, they are lagging indicators. So hospitalizations peak to peak, like peak in cases to peak in hospitalizations. It lags four weeks. So what we see now in hospitalizations is decreasing because it, the cases were decreasing four weeks ago. Right. So now they are increasing slightly. Uh, so in some time, four weeks from now, hospitalizations will start decreasing. And,
0: and you're saying that as that's as well. that's inevitable. Basically, you're saying is a rise in hospitalizations is inevitable.
3: If cases are rising and we are not fully vaccinated or not many people are vaccinated yet, then hospitalizations and deaths will increase. And, and okay, the uh, elder Maybe that's not because the eldest population uh, is vaccinated the fastest and the most deaths occur in eldest population. But to really decrease, so now we have like 4% of population vaccinated. If the vaccine, we don't know how efficient the vaccine is against transmission. So let's assume it's 60% just to be kind of in the middle. Uh, Then it will reduce our value by 2.2%. Which is not a big reduction in in, in our value. But if we will have more people vaccinated and then, of course, this reduction will be bigger. And today morning I did the math for if we would by end of June, uh, if we could vaccinate everybody who is eligible, that's 78% of the whole population. So 22% are people under 18. Right. If vaccine is 60% efficient uh, then it will reduce our value by 50% so we cannot like and that means that if we would throw out all the other restrictions like start leaving like um, I'm sorry no
0: I feel like I feel like we're like sitting in your lab with you right now getting up to the minute numbers this is great
3: thanks uh, so, okay. So we will have the reduction of fi- R by fifty percent, and let's say we open everything then. Because okay, people are the old people are not dying because they are vaccinated. There is not many hospitalizations because we prevented with the vaccine the really bad outcomes. And now remember, we will have the new variant. New variant spreads faster, so it will become dominant if if we have um, if <laughs> if we let the virus spread, that will be the new variant that is spread, that will dominate. And if it's 50% more transmissible than the old one, then it's R0 uh, will be probably 4.5.
0: 4.5?
3: Yeah. So the R0, the the number that people agree on sort of is 3 for the old variant and it's Can you basically. can you
0: put that can you put that in terms that somebody that was was poor at science even at a grade four or five level i'm talking about me um could understand
3: so our value says and r0 basically says in normal situation like without any restrictions uh how many people? If one person is infected, how many susceptible per people this person will infect on average?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So i mean, if it's three, then I infa- If I'm infected, I will infect three people, and then each of these three people will infect three other person, and so on. Um, it's
0: like rabbits having babies when you see it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's exponential. <laughs> yeah. I, and know once I calculated how many rabbits
0: you would have in one month if they would oh my gosh too have, many
3: a lot like, Yeah, you'd have you've
0: had you'd have a lot of rabbits and you would have a lot of coyotes and all of a sudden our metaphor is going to get very complicated um yeah, exactly. this, so, this is this is but we've got some really some comments here from people you know for example brenna says while we may not achieve zero cases having strategies that will set COVID zero as the goal will achieve more than these half-ass measures says brenna that's a great point
3: yeah so it, it's important to have it as a as a goal. The the less, so if we have these vaccinations that will reduce the R by fifty percent. So okay, I come back to this. Like we will have, so instead of R value of four point five for the new variant, we will have two point twenty five, which is still doubling three to four days. Right. Uh, but imagine that at this point we will have restrictions like we just had, which is which will bring R value to around one. Reducing it by fifty percent means we are at zero point five. So one person like ten people will transmit to five people.
0: Yeah, huge deal. Huge difference.
3: It's huge deal. It's it's even faster than what I did on the on this last model that I showed, like with the so we could eliminate local transmissions really quickly then. Yeah. But but my point is that we cannot rely only on vaccines to do this job. They they won't. It's mathematically it's not it's not possible. I just, but I don't. Add it
0: to- I, I'm not, I, I don't want to be uh, pessimistic at all. I mean, you, the reason you're here is because you're the scientist, you're the developmental biologist, you're the researcher, you're crunching the numbers. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just taking a look at our society. And there are some people on our live chat that are 100% with you. People are saying, don't you remember, we were supposed to have the circuit breaker and we didn't do it and we missed Christmas. And, and Emma right now is saying, you know, for a provincial government that wants to name rodeo as our official sport, you'd think they'd do more to try to save the greatest outdoor show on earth, the Calgary Stampede in July. I mean, there's there are some people that will buy in, that, that will shut down, uh, that will take the suggestion, that will lock down, that you will know, do everything to interrupt this. But I just look all around me. And again, it, it is complicated, um, depending on who you talk to and depending how you define struggles and health. And people want to talk about the economy, obviously, and all these types of things. And some restaurants want to stay closed and they're protecting their staff. And some restaurants are, want to be wide open. And some people, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I just... Based on anecdotally, when I look around what I see people talking about, where I see government policy and it's not easy to govern these days, I'm not saying that it is. Mm-hmm. I just don't see us moving at all in the direction of locking down again. Do you? I mean, that's it's, it's almost like nobody really in in a position of elected authority is talking about that.
3: Yes, but then if the variant will dominate, we will lock, lock yeah. down anyway. We don't. will be forced to do it and we will have six lo- weeks of lockdown Without a benefit of going of eliminating the virus and having normalcy back,
0: you're you're not wrong. So, we're going to look back. We're going to look. We're going to look back so, at this interview so on March fifth.
3: Like proactive versus reactive attitude, like
0: with everything um, in health. <laughs> yeah, with everything in healthcare. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I, I just I, I so appre- I, I hope I'm not coming across as pessimistic. I'm not I'm just I'm just trying to be realistic But I want you to know how much I value and how much our audience values the work that you've been doing And the resource that that your Twitter account is I, I people just have to follow you uh, At, at @gashia_gasparo_phd. gasparo phd. That's the Twitter account the handle and you can see it if you follow me on Twitter You'll see it there um, uh, Dr. Gesparovic is a, a developmental biologist And a researcher at the University of Calgary Thank you so much for making time for us this morning I've been looking forward to talking to you
3: Thank you very much for inviting me Yeah, you bet. You, bet, you bet,
0: thank you um, Yeah, the, Sam, I don't know if you've been keeping an eye On the live chat here But but uh, a lot of people I think are, are, are saying We're going to have to do it at some point time right i mean and then there's tracy who's frustrated and i don't blame her she says my kids have seen a friend five times like in the course of a year and nothing since the beginning of october our family says tracy is already doing everything everything they're asking us to so i don't know michelle says if the premier would do something decisive everybody would be so much better off yeah
1: to me that's what it comes down to It's just you know we've been i like I'm sort of I'm still in that camp. That's I'm frustrated because I've been doing everything that I've been asked to do And we're still stuck in this and I feel like, you know, we're we're stuck in this on the backs of people that think we should be Fully open right now. What's one thing that that you see people doing that's driving you crazy? Oh boy, um I see a lot of of you know, service vehicles. And I say, you know, um, where there's clearly two workers in the front seat and they're not wearing masks and I'm sure they're not living together and they're not part of the same cohort and they're not that kind of thing. So that's one thing that, that drives me crazy is, um, you know, driving down the street, I see cop cars all the time. I have not yet seen an Edmonton police car where the two people in the front seat are both wearing masks.
0: Yeah. Huh. Uh, are they testing? Are they like testing on a daily basis or something like that? I wonder. Or I wonder if there's some because reason to they, it. Or when I they're out
1: interacting with the public, they put masks on, but right. they don't when they're just sitting in their vehicle. Maybe together. they're
0: considered cohorts. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm just I don't know. Uh, we do have an ask in with police chief, Dale McPhee, by the way. Uh, Jeremy says, I put my life on hold for over a year now following these restrictions. So at this point, introducing anything new is a really hard sell. Um, Colette says, don't forget. We need to talk about the fact that we've got a bunch of people who were, t- were talking about the vaccine. There's a bunch of people that aren't going to take it. She says, that's something we got to be talking about. Marco says, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. People need to relax. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yes and no. I'm not trying to get anybody to panic here. But when the experts are crunching numbers and they're starting to look like they're skyrocketing, they're starting to look like GameStop stock over the past month. Um what we're trying to do is make it look like the GameStop stock is going to look like in six months from now when it just drops right down to the floor. (laughs) When it drops down to zero, Uh, we've got an amazing roundtable to go. So right now, I'm just going to remind you about some of the partnerships that we're so proud of. Hey, everybody, guess what? Today is the day Friesen Brothers is opening its 15th Alberta location. It is a stunningly beautiful store in South Edmonton just off the Anthony Hende at Rabbit Hill Road. Friesen, I'm telling you, I was there. I was able to tour it yesterday. It was An absolute huge honor um, to hang out with Frank Loveson, Officer of the Order of Canada, founder of friesen Brothers, there with his wife Agnes, and the whole family's there. Uh, And we were able to, to tour this store and it just looks unbelievable. You're gonna love it. Now they're they're limiting capacity when you show up today for obvious reasons. They're doing their part. Whether you visit it today or tomorrow in the days to come. You're never going to go back to your previous grocery store. That's all I have to say. Friesen Brothers for more than 60 years. Alberta grown, Alberta owned. Also a big shout out to our team members. Those builders, the Real Talk builders at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. They want to remind you, you're going to be hitting the drive through tonight. You want to do something special. You're with your sweetheart. You're with your little one. Maybe a two for five dollar treat night is in store after 8 p.m. every night for Real Talkers. After 8 p.m. every night at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. You can mix and match any two medium-dipped cones and or sundaes, two for five bucks at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Also, a big shout-out to the team at Kubi Energy. A reminder, a week from today, we present our solar panel, a roundtable discussion on solar and alternative sustainable green energy. Jake, I can't
1: wait. is that going to be so much oh, fun? It's going to be
0: so much fun. Wait till you see our lineup. It's going to be awesome. Uh, one of them is Jake Kubieski of, of, of Kubi Energy. Um, looking forward to that, plus two others. Uh, a couple of women that are big power players when it comes to solar and alternative energy. That's coming up in one week. Kubi Energy is Tesla certifi- certified. They use um, certified electricians and apprentices to do all their installs in BC and Alberta, plus they do all your paperwork you can check them out online at KubiEnergy.ca. i'm going to skip the news because we basically already reported it Uh, health canada announcing that johnson and johnson has been approved the vaccine it's a one dose instead of two which is uh, exciting for a lot of people and i don't want to gloss over this i don't want to speed through it i want to show them the proper respect but the greatest hockey dad most people will say you know of all time the greatest hockey dad in canadian history walter gretzky passing away his family confirming his son wayne confirming uh passing away at 82 after almost a 10 year a nine year battle with parkinson's and our thoughts our condolences and much love to the gretzky family Every Friday right around this time, we bring you our Friday roundtable, the Real Talk roundtable. that focuses on on issues that, that matter, on things that people are talking about. Sam, are we good to go with all three of them here?
1: We we had all three, and one's dropped off.
0: Okay, well, just that's, trying to get that's that absolutely so no we can, problem. We can, got some emails yeah. to read. Why don't yeah, we get you to was, some emails? You can give right, me the thumbs good. up when we've got our... Uh, we're going to be talking to Selena uh, Cesar Chavanez, a uh, former member of parliament under Justin Trudeau's liberals who, who left of, of her own accord. She didn't lose an election. She left of her own accord. She got a new book out. Called Can You Hear Me Now A pretty high profile dust up with the Prime Minister We're going to talk about that And what she's doing now um, So uh, Selena, uh, Caesar Shavana is uh, coming up in just a little bit Alongside uh, Calgary Long time uh, Calgary They were aldermen and other city councillors First elected to council in 2001 Drew Farrell um, is on her way To uh, the next challenge in her career The next uh, the next phase of her life As is Bridget Sterling uh, The outgoing Ward G trustee in the Edmonton Public school board she's been there since 2015 uh she's been earning a phd alongside doing both things double duty she's decided to take off as well and we're, and we're going to find out why uh, all three of these women said yeah thanks no thanks to seeking re-election i think it's going to be a great conversation wanted to get to an email you can email us anytime to talk at ryanjesperson.com. Uh, this from susan yesterday who heard us talking to chief alan adam um, from the athabasca Chippewa first nation What a remarkable interview, by the way, when I was walking the dog last night, I re-listened to that interview because I was like, I need to hear Chief Adam talking to some of the things he was saying. If you go back and listen to that interview again, it's one of those interviews where if you were reading the transcription, you'd it would I think would just jump off the page. Uh, I've been looking forward to talking to him for a long time. He was joined by Dr. John O'Connor, who was just awarded for for basically his bravery in the face of, uh, you know, threats to his career. Uh, for reporting and advocating for northern communities in Alberta and some of the health impacts that he sees as a result of oil sands activity. James Turk was with us as well from Ryerson University Center for Free Expression. Um, this whistleblowing award was the reason they were there. But we talked about, you know, the health issues that that um, folks in in Fort Chipewyan and Fort Mackay and some of the other surrounding areas have experienced. So Susan writes in and she says, what a fabulous segment that was. Uh, she says i'm ashamed to admit that i had had indeed forgotten about this scandal she says i actually used to cover this when i led a course on ethics and corporate social responsibility at the post secondary level back in the day and then honestly it faded from my radar screen susan says i'm so grateful that real talk was covering the story i'm so glad that dr o'connor is being recognized for his bravery Uh, Chief Adam. There he is just continuing his great work. And James Turk, a shout out to him for initiating the whistleblower award. Susan says, I am re-energized to continue to make noise on this one. That from Susan. Uh, Really appreciate that. We also got a message from Peter. We've been talking about the Alberta budget quite a bit. And if you haven't yet answered our Real Talk question of the week presented by Y Station, they're the official research and strategy sponsor, our partner here at Real Talk. You go to ryanjesperson.com, dot com right at the top right hand part of the page. Uh, you'll see there your chance, the link to take the question of the week. It takes like three minutes. And it allows us to get a sense of where our audience is at, where Canadians are at. We get about a thousand people every week answering the questions, and it's a great resource. Plus, our Patreon supporters, you can also find information on our website there. Our Patreon supporters, every Sunday night, get an exclusive. It's called the Top Line Report. It's typically, you know, 10 to 15 pages of Curated analysis of these numbers. It's a remarkable resource. I think it's very cool that the team at Y Station makes that available to our Patreon supporters, who we value so very much. So Peter picks up on the conversations we've been having about budgets and bottom lines and revenues and expenditures and taxes. And Peter's email, the subject line reads "aha moment," so it caught our attention. He says, "Ryan is a teacher." One of the most satisfying experiences is seeing that aha moment when something clicks for a student. He says I'll often burst into a colleague's classroom and brag up how, you know, little Sally finally figured out how to factor a quadratic function. There's no way I could. I don't even know what that means, Peter. It's not that hard. Don't worry. I'll teach you. Factoring quadratic functions. Yeah. When would I need to do that? Is that when I'm buying groceries or buying gas or
1: do i it's, need it's when? when you're trying to figure out you know a, an equation that has a significant area under the curve and, and okay will, so i yeah. don't yeah
0: so so all i do is i get dr <laughs> Goshia Gasparovitz to come on the show and explain yeah, it okay, to us and yeah that's see that's that's what a kid like me does the kid at the back of the class <laughs> that doesn't understand anything you know i have a degree in this stuff yeah you're an engineer yeah. i hope people remember that this this <laughs> all, this is when i learned the, the by the way are our guests ready you're still it's still too. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm okay. texting okay. the other ones. We're okay. working on okay. it. Okay, good. Well, I appreciate your efforts behind the scenes. Um, I was going to say, like, as a kid, as the class clown, um, you realize that that's your first experience in networking. Um, I'm not talking about cheating on tests. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about finding people that will help you and that maybe like took notes when you maybe di- I was one of the I was a lousy. St- I was I, I, I'll be honest. I was not the type of student that I think that teachers would have loved to have in their class at the high school level. I wasn't a jerk, but I didn't pay very close attention. I thought I was pretty funny. And oftentimes I was rude enough to actually sleep in the back. I was a real, I was a bit of a jerk that way um, because I was working so hard at my second job. But uh, seriously, you learn how to network So I don't know how to factor a quadratic function, but I will get back to Peter's email. He says, let me share with you my aha moment, Ryan, from a week ago, from your last Friday's show. You read an email that suggested that Alberta look to other provinces tax rates and average it out for us. And only a couple of minutes later, public sector compensation came up in the conversation and that oft repeated sentiment you know, X, Y, and Z are the highest paid in Canada, and it's time to rein them in. We hear that in Alberta, don't we? Most especially with physicians and in some other industries as well nurses, sometimes with teachers. Peter says, uh, Pete says, herein lies my personal light bulb moment, his aha moment. If other provinces and their public sector compensation is the baseline, Then my expectation is that other provinces, corporate and personal tax rates are the baseline for Alberta, too. Peter says, "But of course, I'm biased because I haven't seen a raise in eight years." That from Peter, who's educating the next generation. Peter, thanks so much for that. Our Friday roundtable panelists are ready to rock and roll, and I'm very excited to introduce them. So let's get right to it. Uh, Selena Cesar Chavez, uh, a business consultant, a coach, an international speaker. Her book, brand new. Everybody's talking about it. Can you hear me now? Uh, former member of parliament joining us on the show. Next to her on the screen, she has decided to move on she's been earning a phd on the side as she's fulfilled her duties as a trustee with the edmonton public school board bridget sterling our guest this morning and rounding out our panel she is a legend in the city of <laughs> calgary she served on council since 2001 and she's decided that she's ready to take uh, a step toward the next phase of her life the next phase of her career uh, she's represented her constituents for many years drew farrell um to the three of you welcome to real talk and thanks for being here
4: thank, thank you, you for having
0: thanks, <laughs> well listen Very i'm nice meeting everyone yeah and i'm excited to connect the three of you um all three of you sent me similar messages yesterday which were basically along the so along the lines of so like what exactly are we talking about and i thought well there's this trend i said i've been wanting to talk to all three of you and all of a sudden i had my aha moment where i thought they're they've all held elected office and they've all on their own accord. Nobody lost an election of, of your own accord. All three of you are deciding to move on. Now, some of your reasons may be a little bit More public and prominent Selena I'm talking about you um, But I want to pick each of your brains about why you made The decisions you did what goes into that What you learned from public service What drives you now What barriers you're encountering Which doors you intend to kick down Looking forward to this conversation and I Encourage the three of you to feel free to interact With one another you don't have to wait for my questions Uh, Selena a pretty high profile Dust up you probably talked about it A thousand times by now but between you and the Prime minister I have to assume was one of the prompting factors that that led you to to make the decision to move on with your life. Is that accurate or not at all?
5: No, um, (laughs) there were a number of factors over the the four years that I was in politics that prompted that the uh, phone call with the prime minister, I think, was. It was after I had made the decision, and probably one of the reasons why the, the, there was sort of the, the the cherry on the top of of me leaving. But um, but there was there was a number of things, in t- including the blatant tokenization of my role, um, exclusion from a number of different conversations that were had over the four years, and you know being gaslit and and not having any protection um from a party and and not like you know rcmp protection just you know are you okay kind of kind of stuff so uh for me to make that decision to leave it was leaving a job that i truly loved but because why would you stay why would i stay at in a position where i'm just getting beat up on a regular basis and not having anyone there to say yeah i see you i i know that this is happening
0: Hmm. it's it's fair to say you were a high-profile and popular member of parliament um, representing your constituents in Whitby um, parliamentary secretary to the Prime Minister parliamentary secretary for international development you were uh, featured in the April 2018 edition of O of Oprah's magazine which for, for most people would be like if you do that in your life you're good um, it, it was an issue entitled what would you stand up for uh, named chatline's uh, Chaelalainine magazine's Woman of the Year in 2019 I, I mean you your your career trajectory uh, was just I mean in your public profile was was just you know skyrocketing uh, did you feel like the proposed involvement that that you had been sold on to put your name up on a ballot and to to seek election and to knock on doors and to serve uh, in this form of public service do you feel like it had been misrepresented once the rubber hit the road what point did you get there
5: So, yeah, so we were told in the 2015 campaign that we were going to be bold, transformative, government done differently. Hashtag diversity is our strength. Hashtag women change politics. And then we were elected with a majority government and things like repealing mandatory minimums, things like, you know, uh, not having the last election as first past the post. These are these are things that I went to my constituents and said, you know, we will be able to achieve we, if, we, if we actually have a government that is bold and transformative. And I found that as I was talking up more about being bold, about being, uh, you know, open, transparent, about actually doing the things that we said that we were going to do, um, I got further and further marginalized from, this, from the party. And I think we wanted bold, but not, not a Selena-type bold. And again, you know, this, this is something that I'm very passionate about. I don't want to repeal mandatory minimums because I plan on going to prison. I want mandatory minimums repealed because I know that it disproportionately impacts Black and Indigenous people and it doesn't create equity in a system. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to rattle those cages. Um, and if it's too bold for a government that proposes to be bold and transformative and wants to change the way that we do politics, then maybe I need to do it from the outside and I'm okay with
0: doing that. Well, that's amazing. And I'm looking forward to circling back on that. Uh, Drew Farrell, a uh, Calgary counselor uh, from, from back when they called you alderman uh, in 2001, six terms. I mean, uh, with regards to a political career, uh, winning six elections back to back to back. I mean, that's that's uh, it, it makes you a formidable force on council, obviously popular with your constituents. Um, are you leaving because nobody would blame you in leaving? That's a long political career. Or was, or was there's something driving you nuts
2: no I um I had made a decision five years ago that this would be my last term and I've accomplished what I set out to do the work is never done and I love the work but I thought it was time to to take a little bit of a break sort of a personal sabbatical and and that's what I've done
0: can you when you hear Selena talking about her experience in government, it, to a certain degree, it's going to be apples and oranges. And when Bridget starts talking about public school you know, boards as well, that's going to be very different. Federal politics and, and municipal politics, very different. But did some of what she said resonate with you with regards to your experience on council?
2: Oh, there's there's no question. Being a woman on council, and and um, in Alberta, we don't have a lot of women on on uh, either Edmonton or Calgary city council. It's harder. There's no question. But it's it's I wouldn't change it for the world. It's an incredibly rewarding job, and I've accomplished. A, a lot i'm very proud of my track record and i've met so many remarkable people but i uh, yeah it, it is harder for women i think you have to excel um in order to to uh, arrive at the same level as as some men and i hope that gets better i know that there's a lot of action around encouraging more women to enter into politics as, as always as as well as protecting Women while they're in politics. I remember, um, you know, being called Drew the Shrew. Or, or <laughs> I don't think that that would happen today with uh, with members of the media. They would be called out for it because people protect each other. And certainly women are amplifying each other's voices, which is very important.
0: Journalists were calling you Drew the Shrew? That was
2: uh, our lovely Rick Bell from oh, the Calgary Sun. <laughs> I figure it was a uh, it was a moniker of, of pride for me if if uh, he was targeting me. But you know that that wouldn't have happened with a man. And generally, you know the uh, your appearance, what you're wearing. How I I'm very small. I'm a, a tiny person. So of course my size would all always come into it. I, I think that maybe has hopefully changed since. I first got elected. I think things may have gotten better. Social media has made it more more difficult. There's a uh, you know there's an element there that women need more protection from social media um, uh, bullies and trolls. And but it it's um, it's a work in progress.
0: Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about social media and some of that vitriol. I mean, you talk about Drew the Shrew. It kind of, it kind of, to me, you know what? It's the first person I thought of. I think is obviously uh, former reality TV host Donald Trump. I mean, I just, I thought he's the first person I thought of that, that would sort of assign these. These nicknames. Um, Selena's nodding. I want to get her to on this, but I, I need to welcome my good friend Bridget Sterling to the show. Bridget um, has been earning a PhD at the University of Alberta, Department of Educational Policy Studies, while she's been serving as a trustee with Edmonton's Public School Board. I'm going to be honest with you, Bridget. Um, I was among the people that when you when you announced uh, just a short time ago at bridgetsterling.medium.com dot that you were leaving. Um, and then you also pulled the pin and threw a couple of grenades on your way out the door, which I love. Um, I, I I was among those. This was a little bit surprised. I think some people saw you maybe, maybe sort of, you know, uh, continuing to make an impact in that capacity. What prompted you to, to decide to move on to a different challenge?
4: Yeah. And I, I think I feel some, despite federal politics and, and school boards being quite different in some ways, I feel some real kinship with Selena in some of those experiences of uh, We've been seeing over the last couple of years in school boards, um, you know, with the election of our current government, real pressure on school boards and what they do. And so, uh, you know, we when I look to things like I think the second audit of CBE within uh, two years and that sort of punitive um, approach. We've seen a lot of pressure from the minister, uh, both overt and sort of behind the scenes, around uh, pushing school boards to fall into line and uh, a sense that school boards are being expected rather than representing our constituents who were elected to represent, uh, to represent the views and interests of a provincial government, um, and, and in particular, des- the desires of the minister. In the combination of that and some internal practices that have come into being on school boards over the last while and uh, the use of things like codes of conduct and, you know, practices on whether the the chair speaks for the board um, to make it so that individual school board trustees are Are extremely restricted in their ability to speak for their constituents uh, to represent those constituents there's prescriptions on speaking to the media Uh, individual trustees are not allowed in most circumstances to speak to the media and that's gotten tightened over time where it used to be trustees felt more freedom to speak on on board-based issues there's an understanding that a chair spoke for the board as a whole but individual trustees had a voice and that has continued to be tightened down and this atmosphere between um, I think fear of provincial government reprisal and um, this um, this pressure on boards internally uh, has really created this atmosphere where um, you know school boards are no longer using the the political power that they have and, and we've seen a clawback of other school board powers and autonomy around budgets and ability to act but what we've seen is this this Also, school boards still have a lot of political voice and platform, but we've really seen that push back and claw back in the last few years. And so um, I think like Selena, I feel like right now there's more that I can do from the outside than the inside. And... uh, you know i'm really passionate about public education so anyone who thinks I'm, I'm going away uh should know i'm i'm not going away i'm just going to do something else
0: yeah i don't i don't i don't think anybody thinks you're going anywhere uh out, outside of the the parameters of impacting education um selena you had your i mean your career before you got into politics this is uh i mean this is this is oftentimes the case we'll see sort of the quote-unquote career politicians that have been volunteering with constituency associations and and volunteering on campaigns ever since they were 17 and then they, they always wanted to see elected office. You, on the other hand, you know you earned an executive MBA from the rotman School of Management. you were your Toronto Board of Trades Business Entrepreneur of the Year. You were obviously a power player in in business circles. Um, So you had, I think, some context when you were evaluating what your next move might look like and where you could be most effective. Um, What was it that drew you back outside of politics? Like, did you have that one moment, like a tipping point, so to speak, where you said, uh, with regards to where I can exert influence here or where I can impact most impact change? It's got to be outside of the political arena. Was there that one moment?
5: Yeah, so I'm, I'm drawing a lot from what B- Bridget just said, where, you know, you, you find in a political party system that you're, you're censored, you, you have to sort of toe the party line, you have to use the words that they use. And I was finding, like, I can't be a bobblehead in, in this atmosphere. And, you know, although, you know, people say, well, Selena, you, you kind of have to do that. You have to do what they say to do. And that's, that's, that's fair, but I would interject into some of what I was saying things that I knew were important to people of Whitby, things that I knew were important to, to constituencies that I that I represented. And so I would add those things in. And the more I started like sort of talking outside of the traditional sort of bobblehead, here's a speech, say that speech, um, you know, there was there was some there was a lot of pushback, but I would but I would say, Um, In 2018, when I started to talk about race or racism in particular, um, that was the tipping point. That was the point where I realized that, you know, if 2020 had happened in 2018, I would have been allowed to talk about race. But when I was talking about it in 2018, um, it was just it was met with a certain degree of resistance, even from my own party, a party that respected diversity and um, made budgetary commitments they left me there to fry. And, you know, at that moment, I just thought, I need to stand up for my communities. I need to stand up for those who need it the most. I need to start stand up for the people that need that social safety net of government, especially uh, federal government. And if I'm not doing that with one of the biggest megaphones in the country, who will? And I continue to keep speaking up and to keep talking about things that were very valuable to me, mental health, equality, uh, gender parity, things like that. But I knew at that moment that it wasn't appreciated in the way that I was doing it. And um, I couldn't do anything other than be myself. So I it just wasn't I knew I wasn't fitting in and I kept trying to fit in and it wasn't it wasn't working out for me.
0: You know, you say like you were doing it in the way that, you know, or you were doing it in a way that you knew how you would have an impact. And and I guess I want to throw this uh, to all three of you. Um, this isn't even a question. It's an observation. But I was talking to a friend just last week who was who was rather upset um, because of a fellow parents in their young kids class. One of the other parents had observed her daughter, who I know, and who's assertive and wonderful and confident and smart. Um, and this dad brushed her off as bossy. And mm-hmm. and my friend is like pissed about it. And I don't blame her. And I don't even have a question here. Uh, but selena you talk about doing things in your own style i mean drew let me let me let me focus here and then we can run run the line through but like drew did you have a were you treated um you, you talked about how you were perhaps covered differently by columnists um were there times where you know you believe that you just your style of politics or even just the fact that you were a confident woman made people uncomfortable around the council in council chambers
5: oh
2: no question i i i think um women are often supposed to be the supporters of uh of powerful men and so if you have good ideas and i was pretty bold in my ideas would change the city a lot in and, and my ward is the urban ward and so it, it it looks different because of the work that i've done but it was perhaps more of a struggle each one each one of those topics to be taken seriously and so you have to work harder i i um I, you know, I have my own style. It's not particularly aggressive, but I don't give up, and and so I was just persistent, and and I, it ultimately was successful. I think it was. Um, maybe harder than would it have, it have been if it, if it would come from a man. I also think the nature of politics has changed tremendously. It's certainly in Al- Alberta, as Bridget has mentioned, but um, you know with the advent of the Manning Centre and hyper-partisan uh, politics, tr- more tribalism, we... We had the advantage of having nonpartisan city councils. I thought that was that—that's a strength. At one point, if you disagreed with somebody in council and they didn't vote the way you wanted them to, you'd shake it off and then go for lunch. And now it's—it's it's very tribal. You. Uh, I think people who are running are maybe not running, not everyone, of course, but more so running for a job um, rather than a vision, w- running for what they want to accomplish to make the the city a better place. and and uh, they come fully formed. So they're, they don't know what they don't know. Um, and rather than listening to the experts and learn, I, I've been on council for 20 years. I am still learning, but I, I see less of that now. And it, it's making, it's weakening the office and it's weakening the outcome. And I hope that we can get back to uh, less partisan politics, politics, less tribal politics, and more to that collegial team building Cities don't have room for that kind of partisanship.
0: Yeah, I mean, you use I mean, I've heard more and more people describing politics as tribal these days. And I just uh, I mean, I just I don't see how the public is well served in, in I mean, sorry to be captain obvious here but i don't see how anybody is well served in it and and selena we can pick your brain on that certainly at the federal level it's pro- well no i would say maybe provincially in alberta right now it's probably the most supercharged i've ever seen it um but um bridge and i'm reading from bridget sterling.medium.com your announcement and a call to action this is how you told people that you weren't seeking re-election as a trustee um i'm just going to read a portion of it you say we have to stop letting this provincial government pit school boards against unions parents against teachers rural against urban We have to stand together to demand that every child in Alberta has access to high quality, inclusive, truly public education. We have to stop playing the game of begging for scraps. We have to demand the things we actually want for our schools. You then say we're going to have to fight hard. We need to disrupt, to demand, to march, and I expect to strike. You say I will plan to be there on the streets and on the picket lines. It will take more than letters and rallies to win, but we can win. I mean, you are getting people going right now. Have they created a monster?
4: A little hey. bit. <laughs> I, I've been, you know, I. There are there are rules and codes of conduct of decorum that they govern us when we're on school boards. and I've, um, you know, I've been thinking about the days till till the election when I'll have more freedom of speech and more freedom to act. Um, yeah, are you, I counted, are the days. I counted. Are you saying that you're are you saying that you're
0: picking your words carefully this morning? Is that what you're saying?
4: I have to be a little careful. Um, but I've got uh, two hundred and twenty nine days to the election, um, you know, and, and even since I made the announcement, I think I feel a lot freer to speak. Uh, part of my part of my attitude right now is like, fire me. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean I want to go out and be a, a, a terrible, obnoxious person, right? My, my research is grounded in ethics of care and relationality, you know, that's really, really central to who I am. But I also think that, that it's not, you're not a bad person when you tell truth, right? And that we have come into a place where we conflate niceness and kindness, and those aren't the same things, right? Like you sometimes coming from a place of care and a place of ethics and. and and doing right means that you have to bluntly tell truths about the world, right? Um, and so it's really, really important to me that I be able to speak um, more freely, but I really think we're going to have to, you know, in this province, we are going to have to stand up and fight. And uh, Another thing I talked about is how I think school boards in the province right now are, are walking into their own demise with, you know, I think I said pleading letters in their hands, but, you know, our, our approach seems to always be we'll write another letter to the minister and we'll hope. And I think it's going to take more than, than writing letters and asking for meetings for us to create change and get what we need for schools. And that doesn't matter what government is in power. Um, you know, you can have a a collaborative and collegial relationship, but sometimes you have to, you know, stand up and say, no, you know what, this far, and no farther. And actually here's what our kids needs and need, and here's what our communities need. And Mm so, um, you know, I'm looking forward to a little bit uh, this fall being a little bit unleashed, um, might actually be able to, you know, swear on Twitter, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I can I can tell you, Bridget, um, you know, being able to, I mean, being unleashed and having the having the shackles dropped is a wonderful feeling. You you went out, you're going out on your own terms. All three of you going out on your own terms. I did not go out from a terrestrial radio talk show job on my own terms per se, but I will tell you that being here now with you on an independent platform is remarkable. So that's my context, and I know that I mean, uh, you know, in just a second we're going to get into Selena's book, starting with why did you title it What you titled it and i'm looking forward to that let's talk about the next phase right now quickly want to remind those that are listening on the podcast those of you that are watching on youtube that this entire show is possible because we have the support of amazing sponsors like the team at todd's mechanical todd's mechanical probably gets i don't know about you sam but but i would say more mentions by real talkers people writing in saying either we called them or we need to call them people are sending us photos of some of their plumbing nightmares and disasters and now as all the ice is coming out and dislodging from your roof and it's running down inside of your drywall and you're going to have plumbing problem you get there's only one call you need to make And that's to todd's mechanical at 780-499-7598 he keeps edmonton warm and dry he's proud of it taking care of all your plumbing and heating needs including furnace repairs and tune-ups for the best plumber in edmonton called todd's mechanical at 780-499-7598 want to give a big shout out to the team at McBain camera we're so excited to have them on board they're alberta's best destination for photographers and content creators And they want you to tell your story beautifully with a Nikon Z50 camera, stunning 4K Ultra HD with 1080p slow motion time lapse mode and a ton more, including the flip down LCD screen to activate self portrait mode. If you're a you're vlogging or you're taking selfies, they've also got Nikon's webcam utility and live stream for Zoom, Twitch, YouTube and more. If you want to look like you've got a pro operation with your new podcast, your new show. Call McBain camera, check him out online at McBainCamera.com or shop safely at one of their six convenient Alberta locations. Thanks to the team at McBain camera and a big shout out as well to the team at Alberta blue cross. They know that, you know, running a small business is not a nine to five job. Neither is taking care of your employees. That's where a group benefit plan from Alberta blue cross can help with digital tools that do the heavy lifting for you from start to finish. Your employees can enroll and manage their benefits digitally anywhere on any device as plan administrator, you oversee the entire account in real-time within your budget. Learn how Alberta Blue Cross makes managing your health and dental life and disability coverage simple and affordable at ab.bluecross.ca. Bridget Sterling, Drew Farrell, and Selena Cesar Chavanes are guests on this edition of the Friday Real Talk Roundtable. They are all uh, either current or former holders of public office, elected office. All three of them have made decisions on their own terms to take their life in a new direction. Selena, everybody's talking about your book. Congratulations. Titled, Can You Hear Me Now? For those that aren't 100% familiar, why did you call it what you called it? And when did you know you had to write a book?
5: Um, so I decided to call it what I called it, I guess, you know, a Bridget, I want to be Bridget when I grow up. Like I want to be, (laughs) I totally as, 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 you know, sort of out there as I think I am like drop pulling that pin and dropping that grenade. Totally totally awesome. Um, But, you know, I I called it what I called it because I've been talking. I I talked for four years, especially from a political perspective. I talked for four years. I said, you know, people say to me, why did you go public with some of this stuff? Well, I was doing it internally. I was saying things internally. I was, you know, advocating for things internally. I was, you know, beating my head against the wall internally and not being heard. And that is a very frustrating experience for someone who knows that what what I'm advocating for is for the greater good, it's for equity, it's to ensure that, you know, that people, the people that I represent, their voices heard. People are frustrated right now. People are dying. People are sick. Like, we're at a point where if we don't have disruptors, if we don't have people that are actually going to do the work to disrupt current systems, we are going to be having this conversation, Ryan, 20 years from now, uh, under very different circumstances where we say, what, what did we do wrong 20 years ago? And why are we still here? And, and this is why, you know, I, I want to be Bridget when I grow up, like, bec- because we, we need to have these disruptors, we we want to be the, we want the Druze of the world, because we need the disruptors, we need the individuals who are going to say, you know, enough is enough. Let's actually get to work. And now, are you actually listening? Because I'm not going to stop speaking. I'm not going to stop rattling the cage. And Additionally, I'm not afraid to get cut when I break glass ceilings, and the glass falls. I'm not. I'm not afraid to get caught by falling glass. So let's just let's just keep going and and making the noise.
0: What a great way to put it. Um, Shalane writes in and she says, this is such an important discussion. I'm always so proud. She says of, of Leduc's black gold school division in Alberta has an all female board of trustees. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Shalane. Um, Michelle says letters aren't going to do it. Like Bridget said, because they can be and are being ignored. You got to be louder. Michelle says it's time for everybody, everybody to pick up some sidewalk chalk and get messages in front of everybody. You know what I love? Let me just say that even as ticked off as Canadians can get when, when we get that angry angry we we get out lawn signs and sidewalk chalk we're not like storming parliament and like beating people with flagpoles and i'm not trying to make light of it but i just i love these sidewalk chalk campaigns because they're unignorable but there's also like an element of beauty to it the beauty of the protest we've got a great question here uh, i think it was from terry who, who wonders if the three of you might have advice for for women that are seeking um elected office or public service at any level it could it could be the community league it could be a school trustee city councilor mla provincially or an mp federally drew why don't we start with you i mean i I would imagine that you probably had a lot of young girls over the years reaching out to you looking up to you volunteering on your campaigns what did you tell them
2: well i have a sign on my door and it's been on my door for over a decade i will mentor young women and Mm -hmm. so i'll meet with any any young woman who's um interested in politics or just wants to meet a politician It, it it do it just do it don't uh, don't worry about whether uh, whether you're qualified or not. Women tend to underestimate their qualifications, and and they they wait until they're almost overqualified before they'll before they'll run for something. Find a great team who's willing to to help you out. I, I found for me personally, it was difficult to boast about my successes. I was brought up to be to be humble. And that's very different than than men. And so if you feel really uncomfortable doing that or if it's not received well, have others do it for you. Have your cheerleading team um uh, amplifying your voice, but I, I guarantee when you have more women around the table, decisions are different. You're talking more about generally, more about human issues and it gets easier. And s- so women need to support other women. And, and the fact that Calgary has three women and that's the the highest amount that we've had in, in many, many terms, isn't enough. And, it, you know, the diversity around, around the decision-making table really must reflect society. So that's diversity in all areas. And we're not there yet. We have to fight for it. But the work is incredibly rewarding. So just put, your, put, put yourself out there. I, I can't recommend that enough.
0: Drew, your colleague, uh, Jody Gondek, is, is seeking the mayor's office. Did you at any point in your career uh, consider running for mayor?
2: I, when I first started, there was quite a push for me to run for mayor. And I looked at the job. I, I, the ward is so urban and it required so much attention. I figured I could accomplish more. A mayor is, you know, host as well as a figurehead, and, and I was just able to get the work done. And so, no, uh, I may have contemplated it for a, a moment in time, but that was very early on in my career.
0: Bridget, what would you tell? Uh, I'm saying young girls, but I mean, it doesn't have to be that. I mean, that's how the question was framed by an audience member. But I mean, it could be it could be a girl that's seven years old that's fascinated in, in the mechanics of government. Or it could be, you know, somebody that's 45 or 55. That's like, I want to I want to do something. I want to make an impact. Like, I'm ready to knock down doors and absolutely make some noise. What would be your advice to somebody, an engaged citizen that wants to figure out how to channel their their skills and abilities and convictions?
4: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, Drew's advice is is 100% there. I mean, you, you have to learn to be able to speak uh, on your own behalf. But I think you also have to learn that, that once you're in office, you're going to have to keep pushing and fighting and speaking strongly. And people aren't always going to like that, right? Like people, it's really, I think we're socialized as women to really want to be liked, right? We want we want people to like us. We want them to think we're nice. They want We want them to think we're, you know, all these things that we're taught since we're little girls to be and it takes us back to that conversation about being bossy, right? We're, we're told don't be bossy, don't be pushy, you know, and and the reality is is that politics is a world where you kinda, sometimes have to be kind of pushy and bossy, right? You have to be assertive, but it's going to be seen differently when you do it, right? When when women do it, it, it is seen, you know, I know I've been I've had people tell me I'm aggressive or, or angry when I'm really just being the same kind of assertive that the men I work with every day are right. Or it's just, it's just speaking clearly and plainly without those, those sort of words that couch things. And that gets really hard. Um, but I think there's also a, a thing that women bring because of the way we're socialized. And I think this is more about socialization than, than biology, but we're, we're socialized in ways that women are really relational. Right. We're, we're we're raised to think more about the people around us. And I think if you can mobilize that in your politics, it's really powerful. Right. That, uh, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is that, you know, I've gotten some credit for doing some stuff over the years in my role. And what I try to always bring it back to you is, yeah, you know, I was the person who brought that motion forward, or worked on that policy. But I certainly didn't do it without other people. And I didn't do it without community. And nobody does this without other people and without community. And so if you are going to run, and then once you're in office, it is so important to have those connections in that community because that's what's going to allow you to get things done. And it's what's going to help you survive. This too. Because it's hard. Like, it's a really hard world to be in. And you take a lot of black, but you've got to, you know, you've got to have that group of people around you who can get you through it.
0: It's always great to see Hope Springs watching our broadcast live on YouTube. Uh, Hope says, Boy, is Celine ever wonderfully bold. Uh, I paid attention I paid close attention to her dust up with the Prime Minister what a fearless woman she refused to be used by him and used by the party because after all it was 2015 that from Hope Springs Um, Selena did you did you uh, did you lose faith in politics did you lose faith in the party How, how did your experience impact how you perceive politics
5: no, I, I didn't lose faith in in politics or in our democracy uh, writ large. I actually feel that more emboldened about um, about our our democratic process. I'm, I'm disenfranchised by the leadership or lack thereof, but uh, not about the whole thing. And so, I, and I think. If I could answer the last question and sort of speak to what I would say to young young women or people with you know multiple intersection identity is if you're thinking about it run like show up show up as a first step whether you're whether it's politics or CEO position whatever you're thinking of just just show up number one and show up as your authentic self like every experience that we've had, all the mistakes, flaws, strengths, you know, triumphs, everything that we've had in our lives creates value and therefore is an asset to organizations or institutions or conversations or policy. And it's up to the institution itself to decide whether they're gonna leverage that asset. And if they don't, that's on them, that's not on you. I would say uh, three is, you know, representation matters. If you're going to show up and be authentic, Make sure that you're advocating for something that, you know, the people in your community want. If representation matters, something has to matter to you and something has to matter to your community. Make sure you link those together and then just just absolutely do it. And to Bridget's point, they're going to talk about you anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so You might as well give them something good to talk about. You know? <laughs> Do you, here, I feel here. like the, I feel like the laughter from other two panelists indicates that they know exactly what Celine is talking about? Drew, you were like you you looked like you know exactly what she means.
2: Well, yeah, and uh, it's a little uncomfortable. I'm a bit of an introvert, but you have to put yourself out there. And but I I think Bridget is right and Celine's right. You you don't do this alone. And I think the strength around women is the ability to build a a team. And that's not just a team within, within your political circle, but a team within your community circle and, and, so, it, you know, a lot of women can't raise as much money as men when it comes to running for politics. But I don't think that's as nearly as important as having a good ground game of amazing volunteers who believe in the same vision. And, and I think that's what we're lacking is, is that sort of authenticity, as Celine had said, around, uh, uh, you know, servant leadership. It's about humility and integrity and, and, and knowing what you don't know. And, and those are all really important traits that I think women have a tendency, not all, of course, it's generalization, but I have a tendency to bring those strengths. And so um, I encourage every woman who is interested in politics, just like volunteer, get involved, your voice matters, and, and don't second guess yourself. That's what women have a tendency to do is second guess themselves. And and that holds them back.
0: You know, one of the things that I'll often regret is I'll go back and watch a panel like this and, and I recognize I've been so captivated by what the uh, experts are saying that I've not been paying attention to the chat. And our chat is 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 just churning right now. And I want to do it justice. Like Genevieve says, why must women always strive to be nice before being anything else? Direct questions are important, right? Daniel says, yeah, let's give them something to talk about. Let's get some things done. Nancy says, I love it. Bridget's talking about good trouble uh you know linda ray says you can't worry about being liked by everybody you got to just get over it mccult says these women are so powerful it's so frustrating that the system in place doesn't inherently support them Uh, these are the types of people that our world needs guiding our government do you think it selena did did you oh boy, this is a big word to use. It's an unfair word. If, if if I say the question's unfair ahead of time, then I'm allowed to ask it, right? Did, did you feel like you disappointed some people when you left out, like some of your most ardent supporters, some of the, like you're nodding yes.
5: Yeah, yeah, t- uh, totally. I I did. And it was, it's still something that I feel um, somewhat guilty about uh, leaving when I know there's still so much work to be done. Um, and then saying in my, my resignation letter, yeah but still run and run in packs and and make sure that you 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 still finish the job three probably women that are more braver and and more resilient than i am finish this job there are people that are actually suffering right now and they're frustrated and they're dying um we have you know inequality and we're living in a global pandemic we need people who are going to show up so yes i did feel a little uh, some some guilt around that But at the end of the day, my my leadership, my ability to transform systems, my ability to to rattle the cages didn't come with a title. I still have that. So whether or not it says Member of Parliament over my head or not, does not impact my ability to to still disrupt And I think that that at the end of the day is something that I will always take with me. My passion is for people. My passion is for equity. And that never came with a title of member of parliament or parliamentary secretary.
0: So, Drew, how do you approach this next phase? I mean, you you said that you're going to take a bit of a sabbatical and nobody would argue that that is very well deserved. Um, Do you already? uh, we're, We're asking for the scoop here. (laughs) we're asking for the exclusive uh do you have something already that you just have you have your eyes on this prize and you will achieve it or do you find that you're going to sort of let your soul recharge and let your spirit refresh and then figure out where you'll next apply your talent
2: i'm not going away i i still care deeply about the the uh you know is issues of social justice and equity and and city building. but I, I after twenty years i I think I've done my time at the city, and I'll take some time and rest and restore, and then I, we'll see what happens. I might enjoy retirement. I might um I, I might be tormenting my husband <laughs> so I think i I'm giving myself the the luxury to to uh, to come to that decision on my own without a lot of pressure.
0: Bridget, it feels kind of strange to ask you the the same question, because as we mentioned, you've been earning a PhD on the side, like in your spare time, you've been earning a PhD. So I would imagine that you've got enough on your plate and, and you've already told us that you intend to be there. Um, you know, protesting and, and ringing the cowbells and doing whatever you have to do to to get people's attention. But how will your experience as an Edmonton Public School Board trustee, do you think change maybe or at least influence uh, what you'll be doing next?
4: Yeah. And I, I guess I've always seen, you know, I, I made and this is a bit of my personal backstory, but back in about 2008, I made a commitment in my life that I was going to do all the things I do, my work, um, my volunteerism, my, my personal life and live it around a sort of a core set of values that I think are really, really important to me. And so this work as a trustee has been part of doing that. So rather than it being the center of that, does it, you know, it's been a piece of, uh,
0: <laughs> well, you have to introduce, just of- introduce us to know that, no, this is an animal friendly show. 100%. We just, yeah. Go. Who is this?
4: This is Teeny. This is uh. This is uh. He was our rescue cat that we adopted a few months ago from a friend's farm, and now he's eating my thumb.
0: Well, you're trying um, to you're trying to steal uh, NDP MLA Janice Irwin's thunder, who introduced us to oregano uh, in a recent interview. I know what you're up to.
4: Yeah. So so back to to sort of where I see myself going. You know, one of the things that trusteeship really did for me was um. You know, my work is oriented around um, children's rights and the politics of childhood in Alberta, uh, my academic work and how that plays out in education, law and policy. And so my time as a trustee in some ways, and focused how I think about that work because it's it's made me think about how the choices that are made in legislation uh, and in policy in the province really affect the lives of children while at the same time often they don't even talk about children directly. So much of, of what we do in legislation and policy is about the lives of children and never even talks about them. Right? And so I've done other work in the last few years too on the child-friendly housing stuff which I remember coming on your your old show to talk to you about and, and other work that I've done. Um, and so that, that work is going to continue and it's going to continue to shape my life as an academic. And, um, you know, I really believe that academic work has to reach outside the walls of the university. And so I'm not going to go hide in the ivory tower. I'll, I'll still be out there.
0: Well, people are going to be keeping a keen eye on what you do, Bridget, myself included. Um, Selena, Last word goes to you. Um, I mean, I, I I could pick your brain on a hundred thing I mean, I want to ask you about the next federal election. I don't know if we want to get off track. I know you you've got an MBA in healthcare management. Geez, do I ever, could we ever talk about that? Um, but let me ask you the same sort of overarching theme with regard to what's next. It, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to what you're doing. You know that the name recognition factor is there on a national level. So when you leave us with something to think about, when you leave us with a call to action, and as you apply that same call to action to your own life, what is it?
5: So that, that is continuing to do this work, as the, uh, Bridget and Drew have said, continuing to do this social justice work, especially where it comes around to um, equity and ensuring that people have the things that they need. You know, we're, we're living through a global pandemic right now. And when we look at some of the disproportionality that's happening around sick benefits, around paid leave, around the ability for people to, to have to live, to have those those uh, social determinants of health that allow them to thrive. When we look at our economy and some of this, the, the state of our economy and some of our provinces, um, they, it requires all hands on deck and it requires us to hold our governments to account. It requires them to, for us to say, like, you know what, forget the tribalism and the partisanship and really work for, for the people that you're supposed to serve. This is not a, a self-egotistical game that we are playing. This is not about which party wins in and, and a political chess match on the inside. This is actually about people. And if we forget that, just like Bridget said, if we forget the actual people that we're supposed to be serving in the legislation, then they might as well just all quit and bring some new cats in because I I just, I, at this point, you know, lives are on the line. And if that requires us on the outside to continue to push and to disrupt, then I think there's a lot more people right now willing to do so. And it, it, governments need to start really paying attention.
0: Selena, will you vote liberal next election?
5: I will. I'll have to see what's coming up because I, I actually don't know where I will throw my vote, vote. and um, I, there's there's just so much nonsense happening at all three with all three federal parties. I just don't know. I don't
0: know. I know. I laugh so I don't cry, Selena. Um, Hey, yeah. to all three of you, I was looking forward to this all week, and I'm thrilled that you were able to make the time. Uh, Selena Caesar, uh, Bridget Sterling, Drew Farrell you you all have my utmost respect. Thank you for this. Thank,
4: Thank you. It's you been thanks, friend. A
0: great conversation, and and thanks to Real Talkers for for the comments that you have. Um, I'm going to be honest. This is I'm not doing my job as a host right now because I haven't even looked at our hashtag Real Talk RJ. I've barely dropped in on the live chat because I'm just captivated. I'm just captivated. Um, I love this from Jay Runham. uh, Jay is just a beauty. Uh, He he says, I love watching real talk. And when Ryan Jesperson asks Bridget Sterling, did they create a monster? And she's like. Maybe just a little bit. He's got the he's employed. He's invoked a great Stephen Colbert uh, gif there, which is awesome. Um, I love this from Angela on the hashtag Real Talk RJ, which is powered by Park Power. Angela says listening intently, uh, Drew, Bridget and Selena, as your passion for truth and service radiates on Real Talk. Um, Help. This is great. What a great tweet from Angela says help for the sake of humanity. Bring the toxic abuse Uh bring these fiascos bring this type of stuff to light that from angela This is great from mayor blaine follow mayor blaine on twitter he's he's just a great uh Reasonable voice i know it sounds weird that you might find a reasonable voice on twitter Um they do those don't exist there's the odd one the odd one okay but that's why we note them um uh, you know, everybody else is going to write and say, why didn't you call me reasonable when you read my tweet? Uh, <laughs> Mayor Blaine loves what Bridget had to say. You're not a bad person if you tell the truth. He says, spot freaking on. Trent's watching. He says, you know, uh, listening to Selena uh, on Real Talk in the political party system, you're censored. He says, very true, says Trent. Messaging becomes less about your constituents and instead becomes about towing the party line. And many in politics would do well to remember that and this deserves to be read from Sean who says it has nothing to do with the panel he says he he's he has the clapping emojis and he says Samuel G Brooks an, an AV an audiovisual technical artist navigating the production execution and artistic visualization Of Jespo's five times a week show, Bravo to him and Ryan on keeping it informative and real. You do deserve the attention. You're blushing a little bit. I
1: responded to him and I said you're too kind, and that's exactly where I where I stand. By that, I'm I'm
0: uh, uh, I'm humbly back here doing my job. Well, that's what they all say. That's what all the that's what that's what all the brilliant artists say. I'm just it's just my job. I'm just doing my job. I love this from Rhiannon. Says I I sought a a seat on City Council in Lloydminster where I live last fall, and even though I didn't make it in. It was such a great eye-opening experience. Rhiannon says on the plus side, we finally got one woman on council though. Finally, that from Rhiannon. Take a look at, and I know Rhiannon knows this because she says, even though I didn't make it in, it was a great eye-opening experience. She's already got a great perspective and, and a positive perspective and she's right. But you look at, a lot of times if you look on, the, for example, the Wikipedia or the political bios of many elected representatives. They don't all win on the first crack. As a matter of fact, I'd be interested to see statistical data maybe across the country at different levels of government. But I, I would suggest it might almost be rare to win on your very first try. Right. Yeah,
1: I think Different different strokes for different people I mean, I think that there's some people that run when they already have a little bit of a public profile and and that's very different from people sure. who are just sort of an engaged citizen that want to throw their hat in the ring like often your first run for any elected office is like the first time you're really putting your name out there and then you use that term to you know Even though you didn't get elected you you become a community advocate and you highlight the issues
0: that are important to you and you poise yourself to be You know a good voice for the next election. Yeah. Well said Sam Um I'm taking a look at our at our hashtag Real Talk RJ. Healthcare Dave says just well you were right he says what a beautiful Friesen Brothers store he says wonderful bread <laughs> that's all he right wonderful bread he says I'm looking forward to popping in to grab a coffee in the mornings <laughs> congratulations we've already done the official mention but but sincere congratulations to my dear friends uh the Loveson family and everybody at Friesen Brothers opening their Edmonton location today um it is I, I I'm gonna let you know that I am getting reports of, of pretty significant lineups there. They can only let 15% capacity into the store, so just FYI, just be aware, but congratulations to them. Uh, Park Power, as mentioned, sponsors the Real Talk RJ hashtag, and we're so grateful for that. The team at Park Power is, is coming up on their 10-year anniversary, providing internet, natural gas, and electricity service in the province of Alberta. They employ Albertans every step of the way, including the customer service. You want to call to talk about a problem in your neck of the woods? Chances are you're going to talk to somebody from, you know, your neck of the woods, and people that appreciate what the nonprofits and the charitable partners are doing as well. Park Power, very proud to profit share, which is one of the reasons why we're so proud to partner with them. If you use the promo code 2021-REALTALK at parkpower.ca, you're going to save 70 bucks off your first bill. Doesn't matter, commercial, residential, 70 bucks off your first bill at parkpower.ca if you use the promo code 2021-REALTALK. The team at Eden Landscaping is ready for you. They know that this summer you're probably not taking the trip to Europe. Let's be honest. I mean, we're 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 optimistic about vaccines, but chances are you're going to be spending more time in your space than ever before. So why not finally fulfill the dream of that outdoor kitchen? What about that beautiful gazebo or what was the thing pergola? A pergola or pergola, I guess. Yeah. What is it? What's the fancy? I I say pergola. But pergola. Yeah. Pergola. Pergola. Mm. Pergola. It's like gondola. Gondola, You know what I mean? Who says, yeah, gondola, gondola, gondola. Yeah. Hmm. Well, they do, the thing about Eden Landscaping is they build pergolas and pergolas.
1: And they probably know how to pronounce it.
0: Yeah. I don't even know. Maybe they could build you a little gondola. I don't know. I mean, for more than 20 years, they've been doing unbelievable work. Now, don't call Mike at, e- at Eden Landscaping and say, Jesperson said you can build me a gondola. I'm going to do that. Or a gondola. But if you want intricate stone, like patio work, if you want, like, a beautiful deck... Nice big deck that's way bigger than your neighbors, they do those too at landscapeedmonton.ca Also a big shout out to our friends at Grand Dog Essentials. You know I talked yesterday with the team at Joe Social Media out of Lacombe. I did an Instagram live with them and a Facebook live with them and he asked me about corporate partnerships and influencing and advertising and he said, how do you decide who you'll partner with? And I said, with the companies I believe in and that's why we feed our dogs quality raw food from Grand Dog Essentials. They protect your dog with a daily probiotic. you want to look into that supplement they've got a digestive enzyme supplement and then that green lipped muscle oil that can also help your dogs they say move over fish oil there's a new kid in town if you use the promo code real talk when you check them out online follow the sponsors tab at ryanjesperson.com 10 percent off your first order oh yeah and by the way they deliver to your door if you're in calgary edmonton or central alberta in the red deer region that's grand dog essentials This week has flown, and we're already looking into next week. I don't know if you've taken a look ahead in the schedule, but but we've got a busy week coming up, including... International Women's Day that's coming up on Monday, and and that broadcast is going to move fast. Very excited! I'm. I
1: was going to say I've been looking at the I've been looking at the calendar, and there's a lot coming up on Monday. I was
0: wondering if you were snooping and looking in. Um, no, I'm just going to say a little peek behind the curtain. One of the really fun things is our production team um, has been working to put together the show as best we can ahead of time because next week this is very exciting for us. If you if you stay till this long on the live show of the podcast, you get a little extra bit of information um we're going to be doing job interviews all next week so we're very excited because the real talk team is getting set to grow um that means that we had to get a few things handled ahead of time so i can confirm to you right now kicking off our international women's day broadcast on monday jen latta is going to going to dial in she's an espn football reporter covers college football the nfl down the u.s uh, jen's going to talk to us about uh you know working on the sidelines and she'll kick off our coverage on international women's day we're going to talk about women as nation builders women in business women in in social justice it's going to be a great show uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to have a health roundtable next week a family law roundtable next week which i know a lot of people are going to have a great deal of interest and then of course coming up on friday as well we've got our solar panel which is going to be good we were trying to decide i don't know if, if 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 you support this decision or not i was talking to jake at kubi energy i said you know we could do like a renewables round table so we could do like wind solar and and whatever you want geothermal or you geothermal, could
1: do geothermal hydro or nuclear like any, yeah hydro, exactly like whatever yeah. you
0: want And the more that we talked about it, I realized that there are there's so much interest and and some controversy and a lot of questions and advancements being made exclusively in solar. I think we'll have more than more than enough to talk about on just the one on solar energy and then we can do a renewables. Well, I was going to
1: say, if that goes well, we can do a wind roundtable.
0: Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? We could call it like uh, the hot air. No, no. silver wrote in uh, send us an email i want to blow a few of these off before we really buckle up for another edition a rowdy edition of trash talk this week but but silver wrote in to say ryan i find that the current generation including some i hear on your show is so focused on shutting down oil and gas as well as mining for renewable resources we have so many educated people that should do a simulation of what alberta and canada would look like if it's possible to survive at current standards then introduce the percentage of need of petroleum and mining to get us to the current level of standard this may give everyone a different view of our life needs that from silver in beaumont that was an interesting one i also wanted to put something else on your radar this this was a comment from marie and and, and i thought this is something that real talkers would be interested in marie says i'm not sure if you or your audience is aware of this she says but we've been putting on these fundraising concerts uh, to raise funds and raise awareness to to help fight these Challenges against open pit coal mining in the Rockies. Of course, this audience has been all over that story. Says, we had our second concert just a short time ago on YouTube, and people can watch if they'd like. It's on the Groovner YouTube page. It's labeled Mountains Not Mines, February 27th. It's worth taking a look at. She says, as a matter of fact, your name comes up, Ryan, in the concert. She says, no, the reason I'm writing. Yeah, to generate a bit of interest, but mostly for people to know that one of our artists that was to perform in an upcoming concert in March has actually been receiving threats for signing up to play. Marie says, I'm not going to give details. I don't know. Identify the artist for their own safety. But as a committee member that's volunteering to organize these fundraising concerts, I'm outraged. These musicians, these speakers are donating their time to this cause because they believe in it, and we must be ruffling feathers for threats to be happening, but it's beyond me how people can act this way. She says, please, can somebody tell me what happened to this beautiful province of mine? Where is all this hatred coming from? That from Marie. She says, so we are undeterred, and we will continue with our concert series. She says, and I'm hoping you can put this in front of real talkers. You got it. Says the next concert's coming up on March 13th at 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern. We are so thankful for every artist and speaker that's giving their time. Says I wanted to bring this to the attention of more people across Alberta because we cannot allow this aggression to prevail. Haters cannot scare us into submission. Marie says I saw your tweet about the threat that was recently sent to you. My God, what has this world come to? Thank you for letting me rant. Thank you for real talk marie says i watch even while i work that from marie love it so their concert march 13th seven o'clock mountain nine o'clock eastern check out mountains not mines that's where you can find it marie and thanks very much i did have some questions i did post a uh um uh, Kind of a weird threat that I received last week. Not to gain attention, it was more to shine a light on it. And several of you have written in concern. I didn't necessarily plan on addressing this, but it came up in in Marie's email. And some of you said, "Ryan, I hope you talked to the police." Ryan, I hope you did something about it. The the, the person basically said something along the lines of, "You should be dead, and you will be soon." Um, and it was in all caps. And I kind of went, "Well, that's not really cool, is it?" Um, Just a quick shout out to let you know that I did talk to police. I appreciate the investigation. There's an investigation in process. And if you threaten people online, you should be prepared to talk to investigators. And that's pretty much as it goes. And by the way, they can find you. They can always find you. And to this person they have found you so expect a call if you haven't received it already and don't be an asshole that's all i have to say before we get to local waste and trash talk let me remind you that the 2021 lineup of jeep you're not going to find a better selection of it if you want to just basically walk the lot and see what this fuel efficient compass is all about check out this gladiator truck that everyone's been trying to get their hands on super cool the seven-passenger Grand Cherokee or the brand-new luxury Grand Wagoneer, St. Albert and Sherwood Dodge boasts the best selection of the Jeep lineup in the entire province, plus more Ram 1500 pickups than you'll believe. You can go see Scott and the team right now, plus they've got some, uh, f- you know, some financing incentives, which I know for a lot of people, hey, that's how you're going to decide where you take your business. They can do 0% financing right now up to 96 months or discounts up to seventeen-five. Their websites have all the details at St. Albert and Sherwood Dodge. Big shout out to the team at Clean Air Club uh, at CleanAirClub.ca. They help you breathe easy and save money along the way. When's the last time you changed your furnace filters? this is their business to keep you on track to keep you on schedule all you do is you tell them the size of the filter you need at cleanairclub.ca they drop them off at your door sometimes the next day and then you don't have to worry about all that gnarly stuff anymore getting into your lungs all that gnarly stuff that was trapped in your old furnace filter the team at alta moving and storage is aware that most people find moving to be one of the more stressful things they'll do in their entire life That's why they're here for you to find solutions at a local level. They have these pod style moving containers. They can drop them off right at your place and you leave them there as long as you need them. So there's not some truck with its flashers on waiting for you to get everything boxed up and into there so they can get to your house and get it dropped off before you take some sort of late charge. Forget about that. Alta Moving and Storage has the short and long term storage and moving solutions that you need. Check them out online at altastorage.ca. Seatbelts ready The team at Local Waste Has been for more than 25 years In the business of waste management Recycling management Going up against the big internationals And they're proud to play a part In the community where they live and work They love to talk, talk trash They love to compete for your business And so you can check them out online Today Localwaste.ca Or give them a call Chris and Lauren At 780-242-9746 Every Friday Every Friday the team at Local Waste presents a little something we like to call TRASH TALK! All right. We've got some trash talk submissions that came in a little late. We've got some trash talk submissions that have been sitting here percolating for quite some time, like this one here. We received this one from Jerry. This one came in early this morning, which leads me to believe this is a recent gripe. Jerry says, neighbor, I love you. You're a great neighbor, but 6 a.m. is not the time to be running your gas powered leaf blower to clear the snow from your sidewalk jerry says you don't want to start something do you you don't want me mowing my lawn at 9 p.m or slamming the door when i let the dogs out at midnight or letting my little guy play his drums in the basement which i know you can hear whenever he wants do you to all the neighbors out there 6 a.m is not the time that from jerry jerry i hope you feel better this one from jj who says this is the first podcast I've ever listened to on a regular basis says I was on a video call with some friends this weekend one of them is a counselor in the greater Edmonton area sort of a right leaning type of guy he told us on the video call the COVID pandemic's a hoax we should resist government controls of it he said right to the faces of multiple frontline healthcare workers on the call he told him one more word on it and they'd sign off he brags of getting his job to play the system the advantages his seat offers him he works to actively dismantle government policy and public sector jobs. He's playing the people, and he's using his seat to better himself with policy just good enough to keep him elected. He's been caught in a similar Aloha Allard type event, expensing the max, travel for work, both making headlines. He's young, has the makings of a career politician. I can tell Sam's trying to figure out who this is. One that'll leave a wake of destruction. He says we need more transparency of our elected officials. The job demands it. He's the epitome of privilege, and he needs his ass handed to him next election. Enough of ideological politicians. Represent your constituents, not your best interests. Love that one. That's a good one. How about this from Mark B. in SLC, Salt Lake City, Utah. Mark says, I am seething mad about ongoing post-secondary cuts that the UCP are targeting, the University of Alberta in particular. The bedrock of a solid economy starts with a strong post-secondary education system. The government should be increasing funding Funding in colleges and universities not cutting it states like utah and texas have weathered the pandemic much better than other places precisely because they invested in universities allowing for the development of an educated workforce which can work in fields like technology finance business and health care he says ah sadly the college dropout pseudo-intellectual clown who's never held a real job at the head of the province wouldn't know how to develop a strong economy if he were handed the manual with pictures and detailed instructions mark says i feel bad for for the future of my beloved province i've long planned on returning to alberta and retiring now i'm not so sure says mark the ucp can go straight to hell with their short-sighted cuts and ideological idiocy that from mark b and slc who set the bar so high we're gonna sign off on this friday another edition of trash talk brought to you by local waste we'll see you bright and early monday morning at 8 30 mountain time on real talk